You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. You'll notice the text is about a servant of God. About a servant of God. Servant in the text is the Hebrew word Ebed. And Ebed is a person that is indebted to the Lord. A person that understands because of how good God has been to him or her that he or she owes God. A verse that's bigger than the writer because some of us We know we are indebted to God. He changed our life for the better. We owe him everything. Matter of fact, we we owe him more than we, we possess or that we will ever possess. You know, you know, some folks say things just to say them. You know, some folks say can't nobody do me like Jesus, and, and they say it just to say it. But some of us, when we say it, we mean it. Because we truly have never been blessed or helped the way our God helped us. Woo! I say we have never been helped the way our God helped us. And, and folk look at you when, when you tell them God had to reach way down to get me, but, but he didn't mind. He reached way, way down and did for me what my own mama couldn't do. Somebody ought to be getting happy by now. Did for me what the drug couldn't do. Did for me what my best girl couldn't. He's been better to me than anything or anybody. I owe him. That's the reason you ain't going to have to beg me to praise him. You ain't going to have to twist my arm for me to be dedicated to the service of God. He has been so good to me to where I humbly submit myself to his will. And I'm going to tell you something. If y'all of y'all decide not to come to church, I'll come and praise him by myself. I said I'll come and praise him by myself because he's been that good. You got preachers who will only do what I'm doing for money. You don't have to give me one dime. I'm still going to obey him. How many of you feel the same way? And that's the psalmist. He was an ebed. He knew that he owed God. Secondly, an ebed is a person that understands the business of God and strives to carry out his or her assignment in an orderly and decent way. When you are an ebed, you are about business and achievement. You strive to do things decently and in order. You take pride in what you do in the church and outside the church. You don't have do stuff because you are, in fact, 
a servant of the Most High God. See, see, when you are a servant of the Most High God, ain't, ain't nobody got to tell you to put your best effort forth. That, that's just who you are. You are an e-bed. You, you're not going to play around with God's business. If God has blessed you with a job, if he has blessed you with a business, you're not going to play around with that either because you recognize that if he took the time to give you something, you're going to show your appreciation by putting forth your best effort. And so you're known for being a person of business and achievement. You're, you're known for being a person that does not have step. You're going to do it and do it the way it needs to be done. I done lost some of you because some of you, yeah, 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 because some of you, you have step. You like to just throw stuff together. You won't even pick up paper at your own yard. See something need to be done at your own house, at your own business, and you won't do it. Then got the nerve to say you a child of the most high God. Now I done offended you. Now I done made you mad. Now you know if God really blessed you with that car, you would take better care of it. See, when you call yourself an ebed or servant of God, there, there are just certain things you're just going to be known for. And again... You're especially going to be known for a person of business and achievement. You are success in what you do. Simply because of who God has made you. And simply because of the orders that he has given you that you, that you follow. It causes you to get the victory. Am I right? Because some of us before God, we were messy. Let me just see. How many can admit before God you, you was a mess? You didn't do things the way you should have. Some of y'all ain't going to put your hand up one way or another, are you? So he identifies himself as a servant or ebed. And if you'll notice in Psalm 119 and 49, he is communicating with God. And he talks to the Lord in one sense like he's talking to a person. And I say that because he, he, he says to the Lord in the verse, remember, remember. See, God is omniscient. He never forgets. When he speaks to God, in reference to remembering, is not that he does not recognize God's omniscience. Remember in the verse means to think on or to be mindful of. It's a person that hungers for God's eye. To be on him. Remember me. Think on me, Lord. Think on me. I, I, you, you know what you told me. Re remember what you told me. And, and he is specific in the verse because he says, remember the word 
that you gave me. He does not use the Greek word rhema for word. He uses the Hebrew word debar, which which in one sense means the same thing as rhema. Rhema being a word that is specifically for a person. And how many know God would give you a specific word? God will tell you in the midst of chaos something wonderful. So your mind won't be on your present, but be on what's going to change your life for the better. And, And see, whenever you're going through trials and tribulations, it's good to remember the day bar. Or the rhema that God gave you. Because if you allow yourself to focus on your present trial or trouble, it can mess you up big time. It's always good to recognize that, that when you go through trouble, that trouble or trials only lasts a minute. That's the reason Paul said in Second. Corinthians 4 and 18, that the things we see or experience are just temporary. You never treat a temporary situation like it's permanent. The only thing you should treat permanent is God's word. Because God's word is so powerful to where Jesus himself said, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. My word is permanent. What I tell you I'm going to do, write it down because it's going to come to pass. That's the reason we have the testimony. If God said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. And so he said to his Lord, remember the word. That you gave me. Remember the rhema. Remember when you told me what you were going to do for me. Remember when you told me that you were going to turn my situation completely around. Remember when you told me at midnight that, that weeping may endure. For a night. But you're going to give me some joy in the morning. I got to move on, but just ask somebody real quick. Has God ever gave you a day bar? Matter of fact, ask that same person. Do you remember the day bar that God gave you? Or the last day bar that he gave you? Because you have to pull it up sometimes. Sometimes when bad is happening, you you need to remember that God untold you better is and better is. Sometimes when you're attacked financially, you need to remember that God said in Luke 6 and 38, Give and it shall be given. How good? Press, shaken, and running. Remember when the enemy is trying to play with you, saying this, that, and the other. Remember what he said to you, tither, that he would rebuke. The devourer for your sake. You have to remember the word again. Because if you allow your present situation to get the best of you. It can mess you up. But on the other hand. If you can just think about the goodness of God. Think about what God has has said. And think about his track record. You can get happy in the midst of your trouble. You'll start turning in victory even though you're staring defeat in the face. Why? Because of what you remember. And see, understand something about God's word. According to Isaiah 55 and 11. Once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him empty or void. But it's going to do two things, according to Isaiah 55 and 11. Number one, it's going to accomplish what he sent it to do. It's going to accomplish. In other words, the mission is going to be 
successful. It's going to be a victorious or successful conclusion. See, that's the reason I, I, I tell folk, I say, I say you know what, you, you need to quit looking at your situation and remember what God done promised you. Because if he gave you a word, that word is going to accomplish what he sent it to do. It's going to have a successful conclusion. But the second thing, according to Isaiah 55 and 11, is that it will cause prosperity. The root meaning of prosperity is doing well. See, when God gives you a word and you take that word to heart, you're going to start doing well. If you're in a bad situation, that's going to change. You're going to start doing well. But you have to believe that God's word going to cause you to prosper. You can't, you can't ever take the word of God lightly. You have to know that what you receive week in and week out is going to cause you to prosper or to do well. You need to leave here saying, God just gave me something that's going to cause me to do well. A synonym of well is better. God just gave me something that's going to cause me to do better. God just gave me something that's going to turn my chaotic situation into victory. Remember the word that you gave me, your Ebed, your servant. And then he, he starts telling God. About the word that he gave him and how it's affecting his life. See, see, if the word that you receive does not affect your life, you didn't receive it right. If you receive the word right, it's going to affect your life. If you receive a word about turnaround. And it does not affect your mind. It does not affect your talk. You you still talking that dumb talk after receiving a word about turnaround? You didn't receive the word right. I said you didn't receive the word right. But but if you get a word about turnaround, about God doing for you what you can't do for yourself, if you really received it right, you're going to leave here with a new mindset. You're going to go home talking differently than you've been talking. You're going you're gonna to act differently than you've been acting. Why? Because you done got a word that, that's changing you far the better. And so notice what he says again. What is this so powerful? Look, look at this. Look at what he says about the word. I'm still in Psalm 119 and 49. He says, remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. You done caused me to hope. Lord, I'm expecting stuff to happen now. You know, some folks have to see a little sign before they, before they get happy about stuff. But some of us, we, we can hear a word and it causes us to get happy. It causes us to expect the unexpected. It causes us to to believe that God going to give us a miracle. It causes us to believe that God is going to make what the doctor said none and void. It causes us to believe that God is going to show up and show out. It uncalls me to hope. It uncalls me to have desire. I'm, I'm desiring what your word untold me to desire. Lord, your word has, has caused me to believe in what I don't even see. Because you know hope that, that is seen is not real hope. But then when you hope for what you do not see, then you start waiting for your change. You get like Job, I, I, I know my change is going to come. 
I know it's going to happen. It, it didn't happen today, but it ain't over because God ain't said it's over. It didn't happen last Wednesday when, when I thought that it was going to come through. But, but I didn't allow what didn't happen last Wednesday to affect what I'm expecting to happen this day or the next day or the next day. Because if God said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Anybody get happy in here? Say to your neighbor, I got hope for something that I don't see natural. But God done gave me a word so I know my hoping ain't in vain. God done gave me something that done put leap in my feet. God done gave me something that done put run in my feet. God done gave me something that's making me happy even though I ain't got it in my hand yet. Woo, I'm getting happy about it even though I hadn't even touched it because I know if God said it, He gonna do it. I know He did it the last time and He hadn't changed. He gonna do it again. Woo, say to somebody, God get ready to do it again. Say to one more person, God get ready to do it again. He did it before, He did it before and He getting ready to do it again. Have God blessed you before? You better hold on. He's getting ready to do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Did he change the report the last time? He's getting ready to change it again. When you were down, did he pick you up the last time? He's getting ready to do it again. Why? Because he changes not. Come here, Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and. The word causes hope. You, you, you ever been around folk who, who you be smiling and just happy? And they be like, Why, what you so happy about? I, I thought you didn't have no money. Because I'm just thinking about the power that he going to put in my hand. I'm just thinking about how he going to just show up and show out like he did for pastor. You know, pastor said that he didn't have nothing, but God sent somebody his way and told him to open up their hand, and they just started putting money in their hand. And I've just been thinking, if the Lord did it for pastor, and the same blessings upon the man of God is going to come down on me, I'm just looking for the same thing to happen. Whoa, I'm just looking for... Say to your neighbor, hold out your hand and, and just imagine God causing somebody to put in your hand more than what you need. Will it happen? Yes. Romans 8, 24 and 25 says, in part, hope saves. Hope will cause you to be delivered. Hope will cause you to prosper. Hope will cause your situation to turn completely around. But not if you don't, not if you don't experience hope. When the word comes. Notice what he says. That, that the word calls him to hope. God will cause you to hope. And see we're not talking about you hoping that your cousin going to do the right thing. And you know what your cousin is. It's a hit. A miss. He might. He might not. Say your neighbor, God don't hit and miss. I said, God don't hit and miss. But what does God do? He will do exceeding, abundantly, above. Get this. What you ask or what you think.
You mean God is listening to what I ask? Yeah. Yeah. Heal me, God. He listening to that. Lord, healing is a children's bread. Heal me, Lord. Lord, you said if I give, you would cause me to give into my bosom. Good measure, press down, shaking together, and running. Go, let them come from the north, south, east, and west. Giving into my bosom, Lord. I will do exceeding abundantly above what you ask or think. Then another writer said, it is God's good pleasure. To give to you. God gets happy when he blesses you. It makes him feel good. When he blesses you. And see he was hoping in the word. Why hope in the word? Because the word. Does not fail. Heaven and earth shall pass. Not. Not the word. Not the word. Why? Because the word is God. John 1 and 1 and following says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Everything was everything that was made was made by the word and without the word was nothing made. The word has creative power. You, you can never look at the word just in past some folks say you know he created look God is still creating God still creates ways out of no ways but get this he does it through his word I better reach out what I just quoted you have that that's what the Holy Spirit is saying go with me to John 1 and 1 real quick St. John chapter 1 And we're we just going to read it. Y'all there? I ain't there yet. Hold on a little while longer. All right, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with All things were made through Him and without Him nothing was made that was what? But see, the word still creates. Because God changes. See, don't ever think when man says it can't, that it's over. No. God is a creator. He creates things for his children. I'm hoping in your word because your word creates. I'm hoping in your word because even though they say it can't be done, your word has proved that when man says no, you say yes. Your word has proved what Jesus said. With men, this is impossible. But not with God of the word. For with the word of God, get this, all things are possible. You should never give up until God tells you, look, this is what I'm going to do. God going to give somebody a creative miracle. <laughs> Whose hope is in the word. I've seen it happen. Matter of fact, if, if the truth be told, you, you're sitting in a creative miracle right now. Because man said it wasn't going to happen. But it happened. Matter of fact, you probably sitting beside a creative miracle. 
if folk in here I know personally that that's supposed to be dead, but you ain't dead. You 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 still breathing. Therefore, in here, you should be incapacitated, but you're not. Why? The word. And you have to remember, God has the final say. I tell I tell professionals that look God God got the final say in this. You ain't gonna be able to get this, Mr. Walker. Hey, look. God told me come up here. I hear you, but He got the final say. Now I'm hearing you, but He ain't said that. I ain't trying to say you you ignorant. You don't know what you're talking about, but He ain't told me that. So I'm gonna put to you what 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 Peter put to folk. Should we obey you or God? Or should we listen to you or listen to God? See, some of us who, who are Christian often listen to a person more so than God. And I don't know if it's because you get caught up in the moment or what. But don't allow yourself to get caught up to the point to where you forget who God is. God is a creator. And he has the final say. Especially when it comes to your faith. Bible is clear. He's the author. And what? The finish of your faith. John the Revelator called him the Alpha. And the Omega. The beginning and the end. Then John said, he's the one that, that was... That is, and that is to come. He is the I am that Moses talked about in the beginning. Who is the I am? The one that will be who he needs to be. If he needs to be Jehovah Jireh, he'll show up and provide. If he needs to be Jehovah Rapha, he'll show up and heal. Whatever he needs to be in your life, he'll be. Why? Because he has promised, I'll supply all your needs. You are my child. I'll I'll supply all your needs. That's God. That's God's word. This is not Walker 1 and 2. This is not Darnell 3 and 4. This is God's word. But then the psalmist went on to say. This right here. In reference to his affliction. Notice this. Back in Psalm 119. In verse 50. He talks about the word being. His comfort. In his affliction. Now, you know, when it comes to affliction, you can't just look at it as being physical ailment, a mental anguish. Because an affliction from a biblical standpoint can connote a number of things. Contextually, affliction means a real problem. Your word is my comfort in my real problem. I don't have a play problem. An imaginary problem. I got a real problem. Y'all have missed the revelation. At least some of you have. The word can give you relief 
when it comes to a real problem. I said a real problem. A word of prayer can heal a real sickness. Not no sickness going on in your head. No. A real, a real headache. A word of prayer can heal it. Cancer that has spread it. A real word can heal you. A real or God's word can heal financial despair. A word. God can give you a word and all you have to do is walk in it and it will change your situation. And, and sometimes the word that God gives you can, can be so simple to where if, if you look at the simplicity of it, you won't even walk in it. Because you say, how in the world if I do that, that's going to change. That, that don't seem like that's going to change. That, that's because you're trying, you trying to put your wisdom in what God told you to do. But the Bible says that when it comes, when it comes to the things of God, you ought to trust in your, you are not to trust, you ought to trust in God with all your heart and not lean to your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 and following. The Lord said to Peter who had a real tax problem. He needed money to pay it was real. Gave him just a simple word that, that sounded like it was a crazy word too. Uh, go fishing. First fish you catch. There's going to be some money in the fish mouth. Take it. Go pay your taxes. Why are you up there, Peter? Pay mine too. I'm going to tell you something. God can tell you something real simple. When you're going through it, God can say, look, go in there and just get you something to eat. But Lord, I just asked you about taking care of this. Now you want me to go? Yeah, because if you go in there and eat, I see that you're going to obey me. And you just sit down and eat. And if, I, and if you do that, I know I can bless you with what you're asking me for. And he can tell you something that you really don't want to do. In your affliction, your real trouble. But if you do it, he'll bless you. He, he told Elijah, he said, look, I, I, done, I got a woman that's going to take care of you. In Zarephath. When, when you get there, just tell her I said take care of you. And so Elijah said, look. Uh, I know it's a famine. I, I hear you saying that you're going to make you and your son a little, little cake and y'all going to eat it and die. But before you do that, uh, cook me something. <laughs> she didn't want to do that. See, God will tell you something you really don't want to do. But if you do it, if you do what you really don't want to do, it's a miracle in it for you. See, some things you're not going to be willing to do. But if you do it, it'll be a blessing in it for you. And, and so even though she wanted to just cook it for her and her son and die, she did what God told her to do. And the Bible says she ate many days. When other folk were dying in the famine, she was still living. <laughs> Simply because she obeyed the word when she had a real problem. And see, some of you, you have a real 
problem. You need to quit trying to search on the internet for your answer. Or figure out who you can go to. And just obey the word. Just obey the word. Do what the word say and watch God move mightily. Woo! He said, can God deliver me out of my affliction? Yeah. Psalm 34 and 19 says this about the servants of God are the righteous. Many are the affliction of the righteous. But the Lord shall deliver the righteous out of all. When you don't come out of your real problem, it's your fault. You messed it up. And some of us are known for messing up ourselves. Preach, Walker. Who going to help me preach? Will you ask somebody for me, have you ever messed up yourself? Because I'll bring you out of all your affliction. You're going to have a whole lot of them, but every one you get in, I'm going to bring you out. And how many know, how many have had a lot of problems? Yeah. You got a list right now. I say you got a list right now of problems. So you know he wasn't lying when he said, many are the what? Getting saved don't stop trouble. But when you're saved and God is on your side, you can claim Psalm 34 and 19. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but God gonna bring me out. That's the reason sometime in your trouble you need to have a bring me out party. Why are you so happy about and you in all this trouble? Because I'm having my bring me out party. Because God going to bring me out. How you know he going to bring you out? Psalm 34 and 19. Many are the affliction of the righteous. But he going to deliver the righteous out of every single one. Sing that thing when you get to going through your affliction or your real problem. And watch God show up and show out. Man, God eliminated by eight problems this week for me. I mean, it, it was just so cool how he did it. I mean, he had eliminated four, and I was just like, man. How in the world he do that that quick? Yeah, oh, I forgot. You God. Yeah, I slipped for a minute when I asked him, how did you do that? But then, I, oh, yeah, you God. I mean, just that quick. And he changes. I said he changes. God from Zion. In my clothes. Notice the last thing. And the primary thing I want to talk about. He says for your word. Has given me life. That means the affliction. Is gone. That means the affliction is gone. That means what he was hoping for has came to pass. Your word has given me what you came to give me. John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes not but for the steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, ha! Have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. 
man, what, what I used to read that, but, but it was, it was one particular time when I read it, it changed my lifestyle. I said, if you came for me to not only have life, but to have it more abundantly, that means I don't have to live in poverty. That means I don't have to keep one the shop. That means I don't need to, to, I don't have to keep poor mouth. Not if he came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And, and see, the only way I can get this abundant life is through his word. That's the reading the psalmist says, your word. Has given me life. It's the reason Jesus himself said in Matthew 4 and 4. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When you, when you hear your day bar. Your rank. And you start walking in it, it's going to start to change your lifestyle. And, and see, it's going to start right here. Because see, a, a lot of our problem is, is that we, we are not thinking the way we need to think. Some of us, we still think like sinners. Or we still think like kin folk. Yeah. It, it's good to have a natural bloodline, but you don't need to think like some of your kinfolk. Cause, cause all of us probably got kinfolk that think they're gonna always be in a rut. It ain't gonna, no way they're gonna be able to do this, that, and the other. That, that's just their mind. Their mindset. But see, when the word comes, the word is coming to give you life. To give in one sense is to impart. He's going to impart into your heart life. But you have to make the choice to walk in what he's putting in you. You start changing your, your, your thinking. Why? Because the word giving you life. All, all of a sudden, your, your, your cousin hear you. Talking something that they don't agree with. And they went, how in the world you think? You, you more than us that you gonna be. I didn't say I was more than you, but I said this right here was gonna happen. Well, I don't see how it's gonna happen because we doing the same thing. Yeah, but we ain't serving the same one. See, your mind has to change. And when your mind changes, it's going to be followed by your words. You're going to quit killing yourself and start speaking life. Because you're going to recognize that when you think right, you're going to start talking right. And it's important to talk right because the Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. If his word is going to give me life, I'm going to have to start speaking what does say the word and not what my kinfolk are saying, not what I see, but what the word says. Cause the word to say, the word to tell you to say something different than what you see. Everything you see ain't the truth. Some things that you see with your eyes are temporary. They're, they're not the truth. Not the truth in a holistic sense because they're going to change. Well, it is what it is. It's right here on paper. That, that ain't, that ain't the truth because that right there is going to change. If you want the real truth, you got to go to God's word to get the real truth. Yeah, the truth on paper, according to them, was that you weren't going to get it until 10 years down the road. But here it is six months later, and you're riding in what they say. It was going to take you 10 years to get. 
Say to your neighbor, the real truth is God's word. That's the real truth. And see, you'll start talking it. Before I had, before I possessed what I now possess, I was talking it when I didn't have it. I was talking, I was talking about how God gonna bless his children. When the majority of the folk in the church was either on welfare or making minimum wage or just a little above minimum wage. Cause they would say, you know what, Pastor, we want to do this for you. I said, look, I don't need you to do nothing until God started blessing his folk. I don't want to be no preacher, poor folk blessing me and, and, and ain't nobody in the church getting blessed. Let's get blessed together. Why? So they won't just say, walk over there doing good, but look how poor them folk here. The devil is a liar. If God, God, he can do the corporate blessing. If God, God, he can bless everybody together. But it's about, but listen to this, it's about receiving the word that comes full again so it can change your, your mind, your words, and then your deeds. All of the same way you were robbing God, you're now giving to God. Where you wasn't praying right, now you're praying right. You, you were living beneath your privilege because you looked at yourself as a nobody because you had heard that song too much. I knew that was going to wake some of y'all up. What song, pal? I'm just a nobody. Throw that mess away. You ain't no nobody. You are an heir of God. Join heir with Christ Jesus. You are the blessed of God. The Bible deems you the head, not the tail. And when it comes to the life that God wants you to have, He said you're going to live above only and never beneath. I'm going to bless you when you step in the city. I'm going to bless you when you step in the country. I'm going to bless you on gravel, on dirt, and on pavement. And I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember... Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.